Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns, and this is episode 250. And wow, that's a big number first off. And I can't think of a better way to celebrate this huge milestone of 250 episodes than with none other than the new CEO of Smart Marketer, Molly Pittman. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Your radio voice gets better every week, Ralph. I'm trying, you know, I don't know, I'm like a combination now of like some kind of like, you know, crazy ESPN, like talk show host and uh, Ezra Firestone, like when I say stuff now. <laughs> so. I, I really like it. There's a lot of enthusiasm. <laughs> well, I'm, very, I'm very excited for you. Like this is a huge deal. And yeah, uh, you obviously worked your ass off to get to the point where you're at right now. And this is just, uh, first off, so proud of you and Thank you. really, really happy for you. Because I think uh, obviously the, the folks over at Smart Marketer and, and Ezra and how he runs things there. We're big, big fans and paying customers of them as well. So uh, I'm just really happy for you. And uh, I know you're going to kick some serious ass over there. So uh, great work. Yeah. yeah, I'm really excited. And for anyone who isn't privy to this update or needs a little bit more of a backstory, as most of you guys know, um, I was the VP of marketing at Digital Marketer, which was such an amazing experience in my career. And then about two and a half years ago, I decided to go out on my own. And that's mm. looked like a lot of different things over the last two right. and a half years. I've done a lot of consulting, taking on clients. But about a year and a half ago, uh, Ezra came to me. Uh, obviously, Ezra founded smartmarketer.com, which has information, coaching, mentorships, masterminds for businesses or marketers who want to get better, want to sharpen their skill set. And Ezra came to me and he said, Molly, you know, I don't really have time to teach all of these classes and especially the ones on paid traffic. So do you want to get back in the teaching game? Because I hadn't really been teaching other than our podcast since I left Digital Marketer. So I said yes. And that's when we launched Train My Traffic Person, which a lot of you guys have heard of or have been members of, which is exciting. And then Team Traffic which is our monthly membership for media buyers. And all of that went really well. We had fun. We made money. We helped a ton of people. And so the last few months, we've been discussing what it would look like to work together on a bigger scale. And, you know, Ezra runs three to four businesses at a time. So mm -hmm. that guy is busy. And he realized that myself and John Grimshaw coming in would, uh, you know, hopefully allow us to scale the business even more quickly than he was doing on his own. So yeah, I'm just super excited to be back working with a bigger team. 
I love the mission at Smart Marketer, serve the world unselfishly and profit. And it just absolutely feels like the next step. So yeah, I'm excited. Thank you guys all for the congratulations on Instagram, Facebook. Thank you, Ralph. And we'll keep you guys in the loop. Uh, This is the next step on uh, on this crazy journey. So um, hopefully this means lots of good things for you guys. Uh, More free content coming out of Smart Marketer, more video shows, more products. We've got a lot in the world works this year. So yeah, definitely uh, keep your eyes open. Yeah. And this is an appropriate time for us to talk about uh, the format of this show. I mean, for people who have been longtime listeners, we've been doing this, yeah, perpetual traffic for over four plus years now, I think. I think it was five years this July. Yeah. So if you've been listening for that long, which for 250 episodes, that's a lot of Molly Pittman, a lot of Ralph Burns. God bless you for handling that. And uh, you know, continuing to listen. We're obviously in the last couple of months, you've probably noticed that Molly has not been on the show quite as much. Now, with this change, there's a pretty good reason as to why that is. She lives a very busy life, and obviously the involvement in the smart marketer side and Ezra's team uh, has been taking more and more of her time, which is great because obviously, you know, we all need to sort of pivot in this journey of life and find out what is our unique ability and do the things that we love ideally. And if you can get paid for what you love, that's a pretty good situation. So and I think you've certainly found that, which is tremendous. And, you know, it's I can't believe it's been as long as it has since you've left Digital Marketer. It's kind of crazy. That was a, you know, that was an amicable change from both sides. I think it was good for both sides. And obviously Digital Marketer hosts this show here. Ryan is, uh, you know, obviously a, a great friend of both of ours. And uh, it's been, you know, a pleasure doing this show for as long as we have. But also things change as people sort of move along the continuum of life. So the format has changed the last couple of months, but we've sort of settled in on a, on a cadence here for perpetual traffic moving forward with Molly coming on at least once a month and it's scheduled right now is once a month to talk about things that she's doing, obviously sort of getting the band back together to a certain degree. And we'll be talking about a lot of those things here on the show. And then also Amanda Powell is coming in and actually helping out as in a co-host role, especially when we have guests on really tremendous there trying to sort of you know for perpetual traffic listeners this has been mostly about facebook and instagram ads mostly so we also realized that there are other mediums out there and especially right now in the environment in which we are uh, all living it's good to diversify it's good to look for other ways in which to drive traffic to your website to sell your products or if you're a consultant or an agency to even look at additional services so amanda is going to be you know co-hosting in that role on an ongoing basis and then also we have in you guys have obviously seen this in the last three or four months is Angela Ponsford, who is our Minister of Media over at uh, Tier 11. And she comes on once a month to do a What's Working Now and uh, really give you guys insight into what we're doing inside Tier 11, you know, with our $100 million uh, plus per year in ad spend. And, you know, she's the one that's running that entire team. And so those updates will be coming on a monthly basis. So the, the format has changed a little bit in the last few months, but The content remains the same. The idea here is to give you guys as much value as we possibly can with real insights, opening up the kimono. We don't hold anything back aside from, in my case, like customer names. You know, Molly is obviously working with a lot of 
you know, Ezra's stuff right now, Smart Marketer, we'll have some insights there as well. And you're still doing some outside consulting for agreements that you've had in the past. So we'll still be as transparent as we always have been and continue to bring it to you every single week with relevant and useful information to help you grow your business. And not just on Facebook and Instagram, but obviously that's the huge focus, always will be, but for other platforms as well. So I'm really pretty excited about this new format. And, you know, obviously it's it's great to have you on uh, once a month. And, you know, there's a lot of listeners out there that listen to this show just because of you and don't give a crap about what I say. So uh, I think we're doing justice to the perpetual traffic audience for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for explaining that, Ralph. And this has been an awesome, almost five-year journey, you know? Yeah. Uh, and and like you said, things, uh, they do evolve over time and it's natural for things to change. So I'm not going anywhere. I would say that at this moment in time, I'm producing just as much or more content than I ever have. It's just uh, the energy is going in different directions. So I'm happy to still show up here and record with you, Ralph, stay in touch with the perpetual traffic folks, and just appreciate you guys being along on this ride for us. 250 episodes. That's uh, that's a lot of weeks. So uh, just thank you guys for your support. I know this has been such a huge part of both Ralph and my careers. And you know, without you guys listening, this would mean nothing. So just thank you for your support over the last few years. This has been so much fun and continues, uh, will continue to be fun. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, I think I speak for you on this is that doing this show is, is the highlight uh, of my week. I mean, obviously what I do inside tier 11, I, I enjoy and my, my family now that we're all together still every single day. But, you know, this is the, a lot of fun. And we, we do this because we're passionate about it. We love it. And, you know, hopefully we can help you do what you do with relation to traffic and media buying just a little bit better by listening to this show. And we'll continue to do that on the long haul. So one of the things that you might have noticed is that we are going to be and have started to have sponsors for the show. And uh, these are sponsors that uh, are people that uh, and companies that we believe in and that we use in most cases. So the, the one that we had actually spoken about just a few weeks ago is the people over at Libsyn who host our podcast here and will be hosting the new virtual business podcast by yours truly and the Tier 11 team because they're so damn good. And uh, you can actually get started with Libsyn. You need a service such as Libsyn to be able to host a podcast. And now with us still in social distancing, a lot of states obviously still in a state of quarantine. Uh, we're recording this a couple of weeks in advance when it actually does come out live. So hard to predict exactly what's going to be happening at that point in time, but chances are definitely here in Massachusetts. My kids will still be home from school. Uh, they'll be doing virtual learning. But now is actually a great time to do some of those activities that you haven't sort of gotten to and maybe even starting a podcast is one of them. So, and if you do, definitely check out Libsyn over at Libsyn.com. They have hosted our show for upwards of five years right now and definitely check them out. Uh, like I said, you can just start for $5 a month over there. So Libsyn, Libsyn.com, check it out, everyone. And if you're going to host a podcast, that's the place to host it. 
So uh, one of the th- one of the things that we here have been getting a lot of questions on, I know I have been, and I'm sure you're getting the same sort of thing, is obviously we're in a different world now than we were just a month or so ago. And the question I'm getting is sort of like, how are you guys sort of, what are you doing? Like, what's your daily routine? How has it sort of changed? And obviously you're in Amsterdam. I'm back here in the U.S. What have you been doing to your in your daily routine to sort of adjust to this new world? I think uh, a lot of listeners, a lot of people have uh, been very curious about that. Yeah, uh, you know, it's definitely been an adjustment. I would say that I speak for most of us listening that it's probably not as big of an adjustment as you know, the rest of the world who maybe works sort of regular jobs like us digital people were kind of used to working at home (laughs) and not driving to work and sitting in rush hours. So I feel like for us, it's been like, you know, way less of an adjustment, but it definitely has been an adjustment for me. So, you know, I moved to Amsterdam about nine months ago now. A few weeks ago, I was in the States um, going to speak at Social Media World, Traffic and Conversion Summit, uh, spending time in Kentucky, doing a little U.S. tour (laughs) kind of. And, you know, I was in the U.S. when all of this went down and I could see the writing on the wall. And one sort of value that I had set was if it looks like the borders are going to close or there is some sort of travel ban, I'm going to get back to Amsterdam because that's where I live. So as soon as Trump announced the travel ban to Europe, the next morning I was on a flight back here. Um, It definitely took me about a week to digest and process everything that was going on, really get my mind right, take care of my mental health, which you guys know is more important than ever, especially before you dive into your business. And one thing I realized was it probably isn't smart to go to my office space anymore. I think I told you guys uh, last year that I got an office here in town, which is exciting. So I have set up a new little home office that overlooks one of the canals, which is wonderful and picturesque. And there are boats going by right now, people in the sunshine, no more than groups of three, but (laughs) they're still outside. And I would say for me, the biggest change, there isn't a big change in my schedule. That is still pretty much normal because I mainly still work US hours. I'm a bit of a later riser. I get to start working at about 10 or 11 a.m. Sometimes that will go into 11 or midnight at night, depending on what's going on. Sometimes I start later in the day. But the biggest changes for me are just further building in time outside. So I'd already started doing this over the last four to six months, making sure that I had a few 15 to 30 minute breaks throughout the day where I would go outside, walk around, maybe take a phone call with my headphones in. And now I'm just even more intentional about that so that I have these clear breaks in the day so that I am getting some fresh air and some sunshine. Otherwise, my day-to-day hasn't changed that much. Obviously, food consumption is a bit different. I do eat out a lot. So cooking and figuring out food is taking a bit more time from my day-to-day, which is fine. I'm actually enjoying that. Definitely being more intentional with exercise because I do a lot of group classes, which 
you know, that isn't really an option right now. So making sure that I'm taking the time, whether that's out at the park, because we're lucky to still be able to go outside here and, and do activities like that, or whether it's here in my living room, just making sure that I'm moving my body, that I'm getting good sleep, which comes down to meditation, making sure I'm not consuming a bunch of media or screen time before bed eating really well, even better than I would normally, because I know that certain foods uh, definitely don't make me feel as great as I could. So really just taking care of myself, doing all the things that I know I should be doing, essentially, (laughs) because when times are tough like this, stuff comes to the surface. And I think the better we are mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, the the better, you know, fit we're going to be to to handle this situation. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it isn't, an interesting situation because the daily routine as far as work goes really hasn't changed all that much i have i mean from my perspective i've noticed that i've been working far more hours because there just seems to be so much more to do because it's just a different time and things are changing so rapidly like i said we're recording this a couple of weeks before it's actually going to be aired so it, a lot of the things that we talk about on today's show could change by then. But the point is, is that we're giving you as much information as we can as we see it. But so as a result of that, I think my hours have definitely changed. I mean, I've certainly been working more of them, but also far more intentional with all the stuff that maintains overall health. I have been double downing on my uh, meditation in the morning. I find like if I don't do that, I'm a kind of a wreck. You know? and, and Ralph, I mean, you know, I know this shows about paid advertising, but this is so important. And this is a mistake I used to make that I know a lot of people listening right now might be in this habit of rolling over in bed because your alarm is on your phone, turning your alarm off and then immediately opening your phone, starting mm-hmm. to consume text messages, starting to consume emails you know, reloading the coronavirus count, right? Right. Um, Like logging on to the news. And what you don't realize is that when you do that, Brendan Bruchard said something in a YouTube video to the effect of, you are waking up and immediately giving your power to other people and showing yourself that their life is more important than yours. Mm -hmm. And that really resonated with me. Like that was a huge wake up call for me. So I think especially in these times, waking up and making sure the first 30 minutes, the first hour is in your own head, or at least I know a lot of you guys have families and things you need to do. Um, I understand that, but just not logging on to a device and starting to solve other people's problems or consume media. That's been huge for me too. Yeah. Don't give away that power to your phone. Keep that power to yourself. And I find that the meditation app that I use is Omvana. I've been using it for five years now. And there's some really good grounded meditations in there, like 15, 17 minutes long. And other ones about gratitude and just kind of keeping things in perspective, uh, I think is really, really important. And if you spend, you know, for me, it's about a half hour in the morning just doing that because my routine is I get up, you know, I make the bed first, <laughs> unless Jen is still sleeping. I make my bed every single day. It's like just the routine. There's a book on that, which is a great book, by the way. And, uh, you know, all the like the, the worst people in the world in this book actually never made their bed. But anyway, the point is, is that starts off with like some feeling of accomplishment, which is a small thing. But then I do realize that because the things are changing so rapidly and the idea is that like, 
how to stay safe and how to stay healthy and the data, not the opinions or the points of view, but the actual scientific data is what I look at more than anything. I have a medical background for 20 years in the medical industry, so everything is data-driven for me. But I do find that I do need to get sort of a dose of that in the morning because it changes overnight. But one of the things that I never, ever do is I never watch the news. And now I do watch the news because of that one thing. But what resets me after you know, morning coffee and all that other stuff. And before I come down and really start to work is meditation. So the meditation resets that. So it sets me back in the right frame. Now I'm informed, but I'm not being, the power hasn't been taken away from me. I feel like I've reset it. But you're operating from a place of of calmness and yes. being grounded versus panic, which yeah. is probably what would happen if you didn't have the meditation. Yeah, I've noticed a couple of times when I didn't do it, I'm like all short with my kids and, you know, yelling at them immediately in the morning. I'm like, what the hell is wrong? And then Jen's like, you 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 need to get and do your meditation, honey, kind of thing. And it's just like little things like that, I think is really important. The same thing with you, like we invested in a, you know, I immediately, like we had the means to be able to buy uh, equipment for a home gym in our garage. I mentioned that in a previous show. We call it the Corona Gym, which is not really probably you know <laughs> a good thing to call it, but I'm trying to keep things light here over in Sagamore Beach. So exercising every day is super important for me. And then you know special projects that I've wanted to do now that we're sort of stuck and can't go out. Like I mentioned, we're, we've started a new podcast uh, called Virtual Business. I've got this book that I've been I've been writing for 10 years and finally going to come out on how to manage a virtual business. So these are the projects that are that have sort of been set aside. Obviously, those are topical things and there's an opportunity there with everything that's going on. But it's like there's a lot of self-care, I think, that has to go on right now. Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wilders and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me, and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Very important. One more thing too, Ralph, is 
just communication in general, like that, first off, just communicating, like chatting with friends like you about the scenario, that is very therapeutic to share your thoughts and see where other people are and, you know, know you're not alone, but especially communicating with your team right now and, you know, your C-level or whatever that looks like for you on how to move forward that is probably and and should be happening more frequently than it usually does because things are changing so quickly. I mean, I know myself and Ezra and John who are kind of moving smart marketer forward, like we're talking way more frequently than usual because things are changing and we want to make sure that we're relevant to wherever our audience is today and that what we're doing today is appropriate for the overall world um, and and the climate of, of kind of what's going on. So I think that's important to keep in mind in a lot of you guys are probably finding that you're communicating a lot more frequently, especially internally with your team. And that's good. And it's good to, if you have a team of people, reassure them or be very open with them about what you are thinking because they probably have a lot of concerns. And if you're able to reassure them, I know Ralph, you know, you told me earlier that you told your team, Hey, we're not doing layoffs. You know, like I know Mm -hmm. this is a scary time right now and I want you to feel stable and secure for the next few months and know that, you know, we're in a place where I don't have to do this and I've decided not to do this. And I think if you can reassure your team or their people that you're around and ways like I just described and through really good communication, that will help ease a lot of the global anxiety that we're feeling. Yeah. And I think uh, you bring up a good point. Uh, Now that I sort of think about it, like, why am I working more hours? It's because I'm communicating with my team more. We did sort of uh, reconfigure our structure, our corporate structure, but now we have a, a leadership team that looks a little bit different than it did a week or so ago, and we're already starting to see the benefits from that, but that means more people are actually reporting to me in key positions, but I find that the communication, not just on Slack, which we communicate you know, a lot on Slack, but real calls and using Zoom. Zoom is obviously is the tool that we use and we're using for this show right now. As a matter of fact, I'm looking at Molly in Amsterdam. Yes. Get Zoom if you don't already have it. So yeah. So the communication has like doubled or tripled from my perspective, not just because there's ever-changing conditions. Yes, that is true. Like what was working yesterday inside tier 11 might not work today kind of thing. That is absolutely there. But I think a lot of it is like as a CEO, you want to give your people assurance and support. And that's fortunately, we're in a position to be able to do that from a financial perspective. But I think more from an emotional perspective, that's when a leader really shines. And I look at myself right now, and if you are a CEO, you're running a company, Molly is now a CEO, always sort of has been anyway. I mean, the point is, is like now you actually have the title is you are a wartime CEO right now. You really are. Like, don't think of yourself as the same person you were a few months ago. You've got to step it up in a lot of different ways. And I think communication with your team and reassuring them, but also pushing them in a lot of ways. I have no issue with that. Uh, And we do that all the time. And that's how you get the best results. But you can do that if there's a, a level of reassurance, care, compassion. We care about all our people deeply. And we want to get the best work out of them as much as possible. And I think as long as you're communicating, you're really in a good spot. And uh, if, if you're not doing that with your team, I would suggest if you haven't already started, really step it up because your people want it and need it. And I think it's going to benefit you and them in the long term. Totally. So... 
Let's get over to the Facebook and Instagram stuff. Let's do it. Uh, yeah. So pivoting is happening across the board. <laughs> like, you know, depending on your business, I mean, everything might change. Little yeah. pieces of it might change. I mean, heck, the the cool thing about Amsterdam, I live in the city center. It that's different from like when I grew up in Kentucky. When I walk down the street here, I'm walking past tens of hundreds of businesses, right? So like this whole scenario is very in my face right now. And I appreciate that from a market research standpoint in terms of seeing even how these local businesses here are pivoting, right? I mean, you look at, I just went this morning, the coffee shop I go to in the morning, now they have the register right in the front door. They're doing coffee to go with huge gloves on and you stand a meter and a half back, but you're still able to get your coffee to go. And, you know, the, the white tablecloth Italian restaurant down the street, now they've converted to to go meals in Tupperware container, right? <laughs> that people can take to go. So and cool. so it's like that is, those are obvious adaptions because these are local businesses that have been altered in a huge way from bringing people inside to now takeaway. And, you know, I'm so grateful that they're still able to do business in that way. But it's like even online businesses, we are pivoting too. It just might not be as obvious what those pivots are. So I, I just think that is going to be the thing theme of this entire year. You know, like you said, people won't hear this for a few weeks, but that's okay. The theme is still here. And, you know, being able to pivot, especially during times like these, that is what marketers do. You know, as digital marketers, we are the most well-equipped species. We're almost a species (laughs) of (laughs) humans to handle something like this. What we do changes almost every day anyways. So um, not only are we used to the change, but we also have the skill sets that are going to help businesses that currently right now have the opportunity to sell more of their product or service. And definitely all the businesses that are suffering right now that are going to have a big rebound in the next few months. I believe that our skill set is one of the, you know, the ability to buy media online is going to help a lot of businesses rebound and it's going to help a lot of businesses survive, you know, during these times. So I'm just really grateful for that. And I think we should all understand that about us as digital marketers. Like we are built for this <laughs> and times are. like these. Yep, we are. And you and know, I think Ralph, they... we were just talking about, I don't know if you guys mentioned this a few weeks ago, but Facebook just put out a stat that, you know, their traffic is up. What did you, what did you say? 70%? 70%. I saw that overall internet traffic is up 30% and rising every day. I mean, people, uh, this is a a digital marketer's dream in terms of the amount of people that are spending time online. Of course, conversion rates are down for some products. There are some products or services that people just aren't going to purchase right now. But it is very interesting to kind of look at this situation from the lens of what we do because... I mean, people are stuck at home and they're spending a lot of that time on the internet. And so there is a huge opportunity here in multiple ways. I'll make sure, Ralph, too, that, you know, we did host, by the time this episode comes out, we will have hosted the, we will have hosted a free 
a 90-minute webinar about COVID and what it means for your business specific to um, online, especially. So if you go to smartmarketer.com forward slash Wednesday, <laughs> Wednesday, that's the day of the week we're going to uh, host the webinar. We will put the replay there for anybody who's interested um, in that information. So Ezra is going to really start with the emotional uh, physical, mental, spiritual aspect of all of this and how to take care of yourself and your business and be a leader. I'm going to speak a bit more tactical when it comes to paid traffic, email marketing, um, and just overall how we're looking at the different businesses. And then John Grimshaw is going to come in and help you craft a plan for what actions you will take in the next week or two. Because I think that's a, a part of this whole deal right now, Ralph, is that we don't know when it's going to end and there's so much uncertainty and looking into the future can be very scary. So right now, especially in business, instead of trying to look a year down the road, since there are so many unknowns, look at the next week, look at the next two weeks, right? That is, I wouldn't, I don't like to use the word control, but um, that is where the most opportunity lies right now. And I think if you can really focus and take very strategic actions based off an over, of an overall plan in the next week or two, you will feel a lot better and, you know, your, your business will hopefully thrive during these times. Yeah. And I think the species name is Digitalis marketi, I believe. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So, but yeah, 100%, Molly. And I think, um, you know, without getting into it too much, if you do want to get some of our recommendations on what businesses should be doing right now in this environment, head on back to episode 247. Uh, Angela and I go through that really specifically now might change by the time obviously this this show comes out but I think the principles are definitely there and it's great to see you know the brick and mortar businesses right down the street from you adapting and pivoting and transitioning it's just so cool to see because those are the ones that especially here in the US are especially hard hit so um, but definitely head back to episode 247 and check out it's even uh, cool to see about once a day now, I'm getting a flyer in my mailbox from a local restaurant with a nice little letter addressing the situation and their limited menu, how to contact them. I mean, it's cool to see. I'm seeing some of them run Facebook ads for takeaway and delivery. So it's obviously not ideal, but adaptations are necessary. And I mean, you even look at Boom by Cindy Joseph, uh, the e-commerce brand that Ezra Firestone, my business partner, runs. You know, he is selling makeup and cosmetics to women over the age of 50. So first off, you've got an age group who is the most affected by this that we're targeting, right? Mm -hmm. I, I mean, in any situation like this, you have to look at the context, right? Who are you speaking to and what are you trying to get them to do? So we're speaking to the audience that is one of the most heavily affected by this. And we're trying to sell them cosmetics, which definitely isn't, uh, you know, aren't essentials, at least for most people. And with people sitting at home, I don't think many of them are worried about purchasing new makeup. So when all of this started happening, I was very interested to see how it would affect Boom. And I showed you the numbers earlier, Ralph, uh, referencing back to that mammoth campaign that we ran um, at the beginning of this year that I chatted about in the episode here about user-generated content with you and Amanda. Mm -hmm. you know, that campaign ended up spending $1.5 
five million and the return was two point eight million, which is just Damn. it's the it's one of the best Facebook campaigns I've ever seen in my career. Yeah, and we yeah. talked a lot about why that worked in that episode. But really the the week that all of this went down, especially in the United States, you just see that campaign, which again had been running for weeks, had such momentum. And it just completely went into the crapper. You know, yeah. the cost per acquisition of a customer was around 45 bucks, which is great mm-hmm. for that brand. And it sunk all the way down to almost $100 over the course of a few days. And so we had to make the really hard decision to pivot mm-hmm. and actually turn that off. Because, yep. you know, people ask me, Molly, how long do you run a campaign? Well, I run a campaign as long as it's applicable, you know, and the offer is still valid. And as long as my success metrics are still being met. So, I mean, we probably, if this wouldn't have happened, we probably would have run that campaign. It was spending $22,000 a day. We probably would have run that for another year, honestly. I mean, that's how long that could have lasted. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, you know a campaign is finished. There are some things you you can try. But you know a campaign is finished when, I mean, you go from a $45 CPA to almost $100 CPA and three or four days have passed and you, you just kind of know, right? Yeah, and we tried a few time. things. Right. We had, we added new ads. We backed the budget down to the point of last return. I mean, we, we did everything that we could. And so we decided to turn it off. And we realized that, of course, the landscape of Facebook advertising had changed a lot in the four to seven days that we were trying to optimize this campaign, right? Mm-hmm. And especially in regards to the, there was a lot less competition, a lot more people, a lot more consumers spending time on the ad platform. So, hey, it might make sense for us to just turn this campaign off, you know, duplicate the campaign, make some slight adjustments and relaunch a brand new campaign so that we can try to re-enter this auction in a higher place and in terms receive cheaper traffic and more reach. Mm -hmm. So what we did is we actually simplified the campaign. So we went down to just six ad sets. We still are targeting one ad set is a completely broad, just women over the age of 50. One ad set is our super lookalike audience. So a few of our best lookalikes. And then the other four audiences are actually brand new interests that I had just found through an interest research process that I was doing as all of this was happening, which coincided uh, really good timing here. And so I sent Boris a list of probably 75 new interests that I thought he could use to scale to cold traffic. So the other four ad sets in this campaign are some of those interests lumped together, like John F. Kennedy and AARP. And I know we've talked a lot about Boom's targeting here on the show, but we were able to find some new interests. We relaunched this campaign. So we squished it down. We simplified it. Less ad sets, less ads, a mix of ads that had worked in the last campaign while also adding a few new ads just to give uh, some fresh copy and creative. And we launched this three days ago. And we are back to a much better place. So a thousand purchases, a thousand new customers acquired. 
for 57 bucks a piece, which is much, much better, much better than $95 cost per acquisition. Yeah. So this might be a lesson for you guys. It's definitely at a lower volume of traffic. We're spending $8,000 a day versus $22,000 a day than we were spending. But I can tell you that by retiring that old evergreen campaign, where I think we had just sunk really low in the auction over time, by squishing our best stuff here together, adding a few new ads, relaunching, re-entering into the auction. And I think also now that we are a week or two out of you know, the biggest shock of the virus for people, right? When we really saw this dip happening, we are in a much better spot. So just a little case study for you guys, just in terms of tactical paid traffic stuff, how we are handling this. And again, it's all contextual. It very much depends on who you're marketing to, what your product or service is. But a big theme that I'm seeing across the board and that I have for a few weeks since all of this went down um, is that traffic is really cheap right now. Lots of brands aren't spending, right? Mm -hmm. So not only is there more inventory because humans are spending more time on the platform, brands are spending less. And so traffic is much cheaper if you have ads that are, you know, resonating with an audience. So there is an opportunity there, but you got to put it into context of who am I marketing to? Does this product or service make sense in their life right now? How can I possibly position it to make sense to their life right now in a way that still feels good to me? A few examples of that, Ralph, that I found over the last few weeks if you guys go to Facebook ads library, you might be able to type in some of these pages and find these ads. But a few of, I think there is a line here of how to speak about sort of the virus and how everyone's life has been affected without making it feel uncomfortable, right? Like not every product or service relates to what's going on, but almost every human in the world is dealing with this right now. So there is this relevance hook to where it might relate. And a few examples, one is a page called Yoga Burn. They sell different, I believe, online classes that have to do with yoga. And this ad that they're running, are you aware that there's 362 times more bacteria on gym weights than a toilet seat? But now you can get all the benefits of resistance training at home with an incredibly fun, effective routine designed specifically for a woman's body. And then it says, try this immune boosting, which is obviously very relevant to right now, home workout. So they've addressed like this whole sanitary issue and people being at home without saying, hey, are you scared of getting the virus? You know, there's, there's definitely a line here. And then another hook they used was, did you know there are 74 times more bacteria on a treadmill than a toilet seat? It sounds like they've listened to perpetual traffic and, and they're looking at the logic hook. (laughs) Um, um, a, A few other ones, better help that I talk about a lot. They have the app that connects you to online therapist, which is obviously very relatable right now. So they're running ads like stuck at home. It's the perfect time to work on your mental health, worried about the state of the world, find relief by talking to a licensed therapist. So I think that's an example of another brand that's doing, you know, really well entering this conversation. 
Another brand, most of you guys are familiar with them is Best Self Company. Uh, They make journals and they have a whole slew of ads that relate in a way that I think is really cool. So working from home doesn't have to be boring. You know, self-care is here to bring you the essentials for overcoming cabin fever. Another one is your work from home soulmate is how they're positioning their journal, the home office best friend. So it's making this journal so much more than a journal, but it's also very much relating to what a lot of people are going through right now, which is working from home the first time for the first time. And then just one more example, if it's okay, Ralph, this one's from monday.com. I thought this was a fantastic example. I'm actually going to show my screen so you can see this one, Ralph. This has right out of the gate, a lot of social proof, 125 shares and 725 reactions. And the creative, um, and by the way, Ralph, we, I can send all of these ads to the team so that you guys can see these ads at digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Mm-hmm. But this is the image where you guys see the white fluffy dog which is very eye-catching because it looks like the dog's like sitting on the computer, which is kind of confusing. Um, But the desk is really messy. Like it looks like my desk. And it says, managing a remote team, we know it can be a challenge. So we've outlined the six reasons why distributed teams are the future of work. Um, And it looks like they're sending traffic to content, but really good social proof there. So anyways, I'm kind of going on a tangent. I just wanted to give you guys some examples of some ads that I feel like are um, entering the conversation that's going on in everybody's mind right now, um, but in a way that still feels good and doesn't feel like they're capitalizing on the situation that's occurring. I think our listeners like when you go on a tangent, actually. (laughs) Oh, good. I'm glad you guys enjoy that. (laughs) No, this is tremendous. And I think, you know, there's a lot to deconstruct there. First off, we'll leave all the links to these pages in the show notes. And obviously, uh, Ad library is something that changes constantly, everybody. So what we're looking at today might be, look different in two weeks. And we usually say stuff changes fast on Facebook. It changes at light speed fast now on Facebook. So we'll leave these uh, resources for you in the show notes over at digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Um, but I think one of the things that's really interesting, and we talked about this before we started recording today, is how you can transition and pivot when your campaigns really go south in this time right now. Like we were referring to that as like the big boy campaign on boom, $22,000 a day. That is not a small campaign. It is a major league campaign getting tremendous results, campaign budget optimization as well. But really what you did is you almost took like a three-step strategy with it. You identified, okay, our CPAs are doubling here. This isn't just a one-time thing. So really quick, just to add, because I think a lot of you guys are seeing this, is what was so interesting about that CPA was down, but amount of website traffic and cost per click was about the same, but the conversion rate on our site took a huge hit, like something like 30 to 40% down right? From what it had been the previous weeks. So it's also good. I think when you are seeing that decline, try to figure out which piece is it? Like, is your CPC rising? And therefore that's really showing that your ads are fatiguing or they're just off, right? Like maybe your offers off, maybe your messaging just isn't relevant in today's time. Maybe your targeting's off. 
you know, that's really when you see the CPC rise. But when I saw that the conversion rate had gone down so much on the site, that's when I was like, oh yeah, let's put this into context. This is women over the age of 50 and we're asking them to buy a non-essential good right now. It makes sense that they may click and show interest, but they're much less likely to purchase. Yeah. I mean, you have to look at your data. I mean, uh, we're sort of I'm sort of assuming that somebody who's listening to this show, you got to look at your clicks rate. You got to look at your conversion rate. You got to look at all the data. And it's right there inside Ads Manager. And we noticed this in a tier 11 ads. So we, you know, the same kind of thing happened. And then we restructured our entire campaigns sort of exactly about like what you're talking about here. So the first thing is, is that you notice it's going on, but then don't panic and react in one day's data because one day's data is that is not the way to run campaigns. Now, all our media buyers in tier 11 typically do, like they freak out, they take it personally when CPAs double for one day. Sometimes it's just a glitch and it comes back. But the point is, is well, after you have day two, day three of the same trend, now you're looking at a mini trend. And especially right now, I would say you should be making decisions more actively on things like this in a three-day trend as opposed to what we would typically look at as like maybe a seven-day trend because things would sort of gradually rise. But we saw this inside tier 11 ads. All of a sudden, our conversion rate dropped by half. Our CPA doubled literally overnight. So we transitioned, created different ads with a different messaging. Obviously, the ads that we had that were running were not acknowledging the situation. And like I said, go back to episode 247 and listen to this show again with what Molly talks about here, how to be relevant, how to be compassionate, how to acknowledge the current situation, but also maintain presence in front of your customers and, and sell them and convince them and engage them in a different way. The point is, is that you have to make decisions more nimbly, if that's a word here, but also look at and think before you act. Like I said, all our media buyers, you know, it ain't exploding. Like it ain't going to blow up if you don't do anything right now. And usually Ralph, with this like sort of energy that's in the world, it makes us want to take action because that gives us the feeling of control, right? Which feels good. But actually, not that you shouldn't be, you know, if you can focus right now, focus. If you can get shit done, get shit done. But don't feel like you have to be doing more than you usually would just because this is happening. And I would even go to say there are some brands that don't have to address this. So just here are two, here are two very, very good examples. So um, next week at Smart Marketer, we are going to host a webinar about, you know, how to handle the virus in your business. Ezra, John and I, it'll be two hours. We're going to have lots of good content. That is how we have decided to address this as a company for Smart Marketer. And the reason for that is that, and, and in the first week or two of this, we had lots of ideas. We were going to put out all types of guides and do this and that. And we said, hey, there's a lot of noise out there. Let's take a deep breath and see what our people tell us that we need. And then come to find out, of course, a lot of our students are panicking or have questions about this. It relates so much to their business. So we took a deep breath and decided this was the best plan of action, like giving very specific information on how to handle this. Whereas with Boom, you know, it's definitely affecting the business, but Ezra decided to take 
affecting the business in terms of everything I discussed earlier, who we're targeting, what we're selling them. But instead of entering the conversation, which doesn't feel as related to makeup, Ezra said, hey, I'm actually going to take a different approach over here. I'm not really going to talk about it that much. I kind of want to be a safe space for these women to come to where they don't have to hear about this. And it might feel a little bit forced coming from a makeup brand. So Boom decided to run a quick flash sale, which they're running right now that's doing very, very well, sub $10 CPAs on Facebook, so that they can still generate revenue, which is so important right now, especially for e-com businesses. They're giving a percentage of that to help with what's going on, right? So they are addressing it in some way, but the ad copy hasn't changed. The creative hasn't changed, right? We're still marketing five makeup tips for women over the age of 50, going to the pre-sale article. Um, you know, that all is the same. And in no, in no part of that step are we discussing COVID. So, you know, I do think there are different ways to go about this depending on who you're speaking to and, and kind of what that conversation has been in the past. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I think, uh, you know, on the way that you've handled this, it's not like this is not a one size fits all for all businesses. I think that's really the important thing. But you do have to be nimble and you do have to be looking at these sorts of things and not make rash decisions, make decisions based upon the data. And the last course of action that you can do after you do all the things that we talk about here on the show all the time, throw in new creatives, throw in new advert, like different messages, you know, perhaps even different targeting in that campaign that's going south. Try those things first, but you don't really have the luxury of time here because what sold two weeks ago is not going to sell now. Because think about it this way, and the reason why this the reset of a campaign like this at a slightly smaller budget, which I think is a smart move, is because the people that were being targeted two weeks ago are not the same people that should be targeted now. So if you look at a million person audience, Facebook, when you run website conversion campaigns, they circle the wagons on a certain subset of people who look like other people that are purchasing, okay? That gives data back to the pixel and says, all right, focus on these people. Well, those people are pre-coronavirus people in some cases. So a reset of a campaign algorithmically makes a lot of sense. Now you're gonna reset it and say, okay, now find people. I don't care what I found before, those might be the same people. Maybe there's a Venn diagram sort of overlap. But the point is, is by resetting a campaign, squishing stuff down, which is one of my favorite expressions of you and Ezra, and simplifying as much as possible, then inserting ads that are relevant and useful and topical, but not opportunistic. I think that's really, really important for everybody listening to make sure that they do that. Otherwise, you're going to have real issues with Facebook policy. But the point is, is that this shift... This decision to reset is happening quicker now, and you've got to look at the data and also keep in mind the market. But from an algorithm perspective, Facebook now can go out and find other people in those same target audiences, as well as new ones that you're inserting as well, using the totally tangential targeting uh, trick, which is now actually four Ts. We were saying it was three Ts, the totally tangential targeting trick. I just <laughs> renamed my targeting stuff, renamed which Molly's I target. love it. But like, think about it that way. So like now Facebook can reset. You can reset your campaigns and try what we're talking about here. But it is brand dependent. It's audience dependent. It's There's no one way to do things. But I do think that 
the things that you're doing here, exact same things that we're doing inside tier 11, but every single customer of ours is slightly different. So, and I mean, Ralph, I was telling you this about or talking about this earlier, but my client who sells health supplements and information, a lot around the keto diet and immune system, right? I, I told you that last week in aggregate, on average, we had a four cent cost per link click, which I don't know if I've ever seen a link click cost that cheap. I mean, maybe five plus years ago, I've honestly never seen something that cheap. And this just goes to show the amount of opportunity. Now, of course, did we have an amazing offer we were promoting for free? Yes, right? This was a a Legion play. The copy and creative were good. The targeting, I went really deep. I used mostly interest targeting. Like we did everything we taught you in uh, you know, on this podcast, right? It was still good marketing, but you put it into an environment like this one where people are focusing on their health more than they probably ever have and really caring about their health, spending more time online, less competition. And that can be a recipe for actually a lot of growth um, for certain businesses during this time. Yeah, for sure. Unprecedented times for sure. And um, yeah, this has been uh, awesome to have you. Uh, We're going to be hearing from you once a month, every single month from here on out, which is great. Uh, Congratulations again, uh, CEO of Smart Marketer. And, um, you know, first and foremost, everybody uh, stay safe out there. Keep up with your social distancing. I'm going to assume that uh, when this episode does come out live, we will still be in that state. So don't be stupid. <laughs> you know, uh, do what uh, the health officials tell you to do. Look at the science. Don't look at opinion or point of view. Certain people who are in charge of certain countries may not rely on actual data. Look at the data and keep yourself safe and make smart decisions. And uh, we're all going to come out of this uh, and be better off for it. Our lives will never be the same after this whole thing, just like they weren't after 9-11 and a lot of other traumatic things that have happened here in the world. So for all the resources that we mentioned here, uh, head on over to digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Uh, There's going to be a lot of show notes there, a lot of really valuable goodies Uh, This has been episode 250, and if you are going to start a podcast, head on over to Libsyn.com. Those guys are great. They host our show, and uh, we're big supporters of them, and they're the reason why you're listening to this show right now, because it came through them as our host. So go over to digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast, episode 250. Molly, thank you so much for bringing it today. We went long, but I think, man, this is some good stuff and uh, just really uh, grateful to have you uh, lending your expertise here and, and hoping that you stay safe as well. Yeah. Likewise. Thank you guys. Thanks for perpetual traffic and stay safe out there. And so once again, just as a reminder, uh, join the virtual business podcast giveaway. And like I said, Prior, one lucky subscriber will win one year access to our ads accelerator program valued at over $9,800. The value of this program is tremendous. Twice weekly calls, lots of one-on-one with uh, our media buying team. And all you have to do is go over to iTunes and subscribe to the Virtual Business Podcast. 
rate and review it, and then submit your entry. Super simple to do it. Guys, hope uh, everyone uh, listening checks it out. Uh, at the very least, you'll learn a few things about running a virtual business, which I know a lot of you guys do. Uh, but you'll also get uh, the Slack Power User Guide that we're giving away, as well as our Zoom Power User Guide as well. For everyone who submits, uh, you will get both of those. And then the one lucky uh, subscriber will get a year access to Ads Accelerator. So check it out over at tier11.com forward slash virtual. Can't wait to see you on the inside. Till next week. See ya. I am. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.